least you slept in a weird position And your back and your shoulders are aching I say my stomach is too in its way Welcome to the latest episode of All Your Kayfabe Friends. As usual, I'm Chris Rowling, and with me as always is Brian McNamara. What's up, folks? And we are all in. Sadly, we will not be joined by Kyle Herr tonight, but we will soldier on in his absence. Uh, We're going to do a quick stop in gorilla position before we get to one of the wildest and most interesting pro wrestling events since I have become a fan. Um, and maybe even since Brian has been a fan. Yeah, it's definitely something that I have not seen in my lifetime. Um, but before we get to that, we're just going to take a quick minute to um, check in and recommend a couple things. Brian, what do you got this week? So, um, this has been a pretty busy week for uh, wrestling, and especially for like independent and um, non-American promotions. Um, we had this this event all in, but... Uh, Also, earlier in the week, they released uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World, which, um, on the consoles at least, is essentially what was the original game. You know, the the, million creator wrestlers, every move that you can think of, you know, 16-bit looking, um, you know, fighting game. Um, But it has been essentially reskinned with New Japan. Um, So it is essentially an unbranded New Japan game where all of the content in the game is branded. Like, like it should just be New Japan's uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World. Is it is it as much of a dating sim as some of the screenshots I've seen make it out to be? Uh, it is 100% as much of a dating sim as you want. Um, so the story mode is all still pictures of wrestlers that they then animate. So, like, you have Tanahashi standing there with his hands on his hips, and then, like, it goes, he laughs, and then it cuts to him with, like, a big cheesy smile, and then it cuts back to him with just, you know, his face there. And, um, it's a lot of, like, Okada stares at you and then (laughs) smiles. Um, very early on, you get assigned to a faction, and, um, (laughs) you get to this great bit where it's, Sonata invites you out to lunch. Uh, you walk in. Sonata stares at you. With his eyes, he points to a table in the corner. You follow. And it's, <laughs> it's like, it's hard not to view it as a dating sim. Hey, if they want to make a lot of money, they should just release a New Japan Pro Wrestling dating sim. I know a lot of people that would be in that market. Uh, day one, I would be there. I think um, everyone who listens to this show, actually. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so the game is, like, the story mode is super dense. I've probably paid, played about, um, 12 or, or, or 15 matches, and it, it claims I'm only 2% through the story mode. Oh my god. Um, my creator wrestler is just Cesaro. He's Claudio Castagnoli. He's bald, he's got red and white trunks. Uh, his, fin- his finisher right now is a Northern Light Suplex, because that's the default and it's one of my favorite moves, so it's just it's there. A good move. Um, but he, he's basically just nothing but suplexes and uh, European uppercuts. I was going to say, how many European uppercuts do you hit per match on average? There's a default like <laughs> medium range move, which is a series of three European uppercuts. And I was like, wow, Perfect. game, you have anticipated exactly what I wanted. Um, so I heartily recommend it. it it's uh, it's tough. I played like just a average match of Kenny versus Coda, and I had my ass beat in like two minutes um 
but going through the story mode and actually like kind of learning how things work um you're getting into like 15 20 minute new japan length matches in this game and it's oh, really God. rewarding like you know it's it's fun does it does it do a good job of actually teaching you mechanics and strategy or does it just oh, kind of throw not. you in the deep end oh okay <laughs> yeah no there's no training it's it's just like no one tells you what the controls are you have to kind of figure it out for yourself which it reminds me a lot of um wwe no mercy and, and wrestlemania 2000 which were um were skins of a japanese n64 wrestling game that they just put the wwe stuff over and they kept all of the crazy japanese moves in the game and so like in no mercy you could have people doing like you know falcon arrows and and um you know mishinoku drivers when those are not moves that any of the wrestlers on the roster <laughs> yeah, had at the time. yeah nobody was doing a fucking falcon arrow in like 1997 in wwe yeah or wwf i guess yeah and so you know it, it, it kind of really reminds me of that sort of nature and the controls are kind of the same um whereas i actually feel like the 2k games have worked against me I'm, I'm used to a slightly simpler system and so this is a little bit more complex also well, i heard like, it's uh some of the striking is not great you have to be on like a perfect line with the other wrestler otherwise you just miss them completely that's the only like caveat that i have it's like i've also heard that like it is so down to the nitty-gritty that there is legit like a breathe button like you have to manage their their breathing and their stamina yeah you can actually like get too tired in a match um and so you have to learn how to breathe you also are encouraged in the story mode to breathe to let your opponent hit you to tell a better story Ooh, i'm into that that's yeah. cool it and also that's it, cool it straddles a really weird kayfabe or not line in the story mode. <laughs> it, it couldn't commit well good because that sets the tone for the show we're about to talk about yeah and, and it uh it, yeah oh man the commentary is like straight out of this game <laughs> like you have to have a good gimmick but you have to honor your opponent and let them hit you but you need to win for real like and it's like, well, make up your mind guys <laughs> That's also some shit Tanahashi has said in an interview. Like, somebody was making fun of him or whatever on some talk show or something, and they were like, oh, yeah, why do you guys stand there and let the other person hit you? And he was like, sometimes you just got to do it to, like, like prove something. Like, you know, that's just the way this is. And I was like, okay, that's not really a great explanation. <laughs> uh, and very quick, because um, it kind of ties in, I'll, I'll give a quick nod that I, I haven't gotten too far into it, but I've been reading... Um, uh, shinsuke nakamura's uh autobiography which is told in interview style it's actually oh, cool. a breezier read um but in there he talks about how what really kind of got him into pro wrestling was fire pro wrestling the game in like 1994 yeah so well yeah it's been around forever right yeah uh, so i think this is the f- sixth or seventh game in the franchise yeah it's it's and it's a it's deep like there are moves in here that are just pure insanity I, I can't believe they didn't just put it on Switch. That's weird, because this would be the perfect game for it. Right? But that's that's neither here nor there. Speaking of the Switch, that is my... I have a recommendation that is actually on that system. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Into the Breach, uh, which is... I've been waiting forever to come to the Switch, because my ancient MacBook will not play that game. Um, and it's a, uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's a super kind of at first off straightforward little tactics game where you're on like a, I think it's in seven by seven or eight by eight grid. 
Um, and it's about mechs and monsters, and it's very, like, Pacific Rim, like, you're fighting these, these alien oh, kaiju things, and, um, but it is so perfectly cleverly designed, because it's, it's more of a puzzle game than anything, like, you, you get these bite-sized little missions where they're, like, five or six turns, I think the longest one I've played was, like, eight turns, and you have three mechs, you don't, like, you don't customize your team or anything. You you eventually get like upgrades and stuff, and there are different teams you can pick. But each team is meant to like be played a specific way, and they can do different things. Um, and every round, you you see what the monsters are gonna do, and your your main mission is to protect buildings because every time a building gets hit, you have a you have a grid life bar, um, and if that hits zero, your run is over. Um, like your your game is done but it is almost like a roguelike where like it is meant to be played in runs there is no official like oh you started and then you ended like you can end a run and you can win everything but you go right back to the beginning because there's like time travel involved and and you can carry upgrades with you or you can lose everything and have to start over it's it it's super simple when you first start out and it's punishing. Like I, I think I failed on my like third mission or something, but every time I mess up, I like learn something. And like, so, so much of the strategy isn't even about doing damage or like, Oh, I I killed X amount of monsters. It's, it's like you see, Oh, he's going to attack one block in front of him. And that's where a building is. Well, I have a guy that can shoot a thing that actually moves him one square over. So then he's not going to damage anything. I didn't do any damage to him, but he doesn't actually do anything. And so I've negated that. So you, like, uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Danielle Riendo, who's on Waypoint, uh, Waypoint Radio and on, on the site, actually wrote a really great piece about, I think it was called, like, uh, I didn't understand Into the Breach until I, tar- and until I started treating it like triage um, because she is an EMT. And that's, that's essentially what the game is. Like, you are just minimizing damage as much as you oh. can and trying to, like, get to the next thing because you, your mission ends when the turn counter hits zero. There's no, like... Or at least I haven't hit any missions where it's, like, you must accomplish X. It's you just have to make it as long as you can and then there are, like, little objectives you get that if you... Um, if you're able to get them, you get, like, little upgrades or, like, you'll restore some power to your grid or something like that. Oh, wow. See, that's, that's really cool because... A lot of people have been talking about it in my Twitter feed, and so I'm jazzed to get it, but, like, I, it's one of those things where, like, what's my investment going to be? Am I going to be playing this forever in, in short little bursts, or, like, am I going to get deeply involved? And it just sounds so cool. So I'm, It's a, I'm it's a little bit of both. Like, I'm bad at tactics games. I have tried playing XCOM and XCOM 2, and I just can't wrap my head around them. I fail too much. I don't feel like I'm being taught how to play it whereas into the breach like the stakes feel low because you're doing these shorter runs like oh if you mess up on you know run three you're really only 20 turns into a you know a run yeah you you just start over and you run with it again and, and you try something different or you and you start to pick up strategies like i realize you know oh i have this one mech that has a lot of life i can either move him in front of danger or i can like nudge him in front of danger with my other guys and use him to attack on the next like little stuff like that it's it's really cool no that's highly i'm I'm really gonna have to check that out like 
because I just I keep hearing great things about it, and it's just sort of staring at me on my Switch screen. So it it will make you feel like a genius. Like you'll pull off little moves, and you're like, "Oh shit, that worked!" And then like you will get just absolutely lose it on the next one, and and be like, "Oh, I guess I gotta try again." <laughs> it's per it's perfect. Like in that respect. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, but I I think it's time to talk about All In, and like I. I almost don't even know where to start. I I was not able to watch. Uh, I think they called it Zero Hour, which uh, thanks thanks Cody for being just a giant nerd. Oh man, if you did not think Cody was a nerd before tonight, <laughs> um, there's just a, a lot baked into this lovely lovely package. Um, yeah, so so Zero Hour was strange because um, I, I I taped it because um, it was on at six o'clock on a Saturday. Um, it's also a weird thing. I always was like, oh man, they should put pay-per-views on a Saturday. And I was like, oh, they're not on a Saturday because people have shit to do early <laughs> in the day. Um, so I, I did, I watched it that night. Um, and, um, it, you know, it, it, it's fine. Um, it reminded me that, um, Frankie Kazarian and the Scorpio Sky are a really cool tag team. Um, and the Rumble was just a ton of fun. Um, great spotlight for a lot of people. Um, uh brian cage looked good um jordan grace looked fantastic uh lifting him up and just kind of tossing him around um because he is a big boy he's yeah he's gotta i don't know what he's booked at but he's gotta be like 260 250 at least yeah he's a big dude and he's like all top heavy too like well, he we've we've described him as like a, a he-man figure yeah he he and um he and ec3 would be a great action figure set oh yeah they're they're two two sides of the same coin um you know uh chucky e. t and trent beretta are always fun <laughs> they I'm have sad i missed them exchanges yeah um did Cole they get a hug uh yes they had they they got a rainmaker cam for their hug which made me very happy that that's so special i'm so happy for them yeah it you know it's it zoomed out they were immediately taken out because of their hug well, of course because um, friendship you know, is bad yeah friendship is bad in pro wrestling um and uh, yeah cole cabana was in it bully ray um they, they did a real good job of balancing you know acts that people are going to want to see you know some old school talent and uh getting new people in there and having them do stuff that was interesting and eye-catching um so you know it was it was a it was a fun little rumble match um it was it had weirdly had 19 participants <laughs> that's odd yeah and at the beginning of zero hour the announce team was like it, we have 15 announced participants it could be 30 it could be 31 and then it ended up at 19 <laughs> <laughs> that's really bizarre yeah i, I mean yeah the yeah. idea being that it's, it's the over the budget um battle royale um, the idea being that Cody spent so much money that, you know, he could only afford 15 people to be in the Rumble, which I actually think is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a neat thing. Um, you know, the ending was basically that Flip Gordon was in disguise as some, like, jobber luchador. And Bully he was, Ray... He was like El Hijo de Chico luchador, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, I think I think his his front was like El Jabo or something like ugh. oh god. Yeah, and so Bully Ray put him through a table early on, and then he laid there the entire time until it seemed like Bully Ray was the clear winner, and then he ran in and just shoved him right out of the ring. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think based on the, the lethal flip match from later, which was fine, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was bad, it just, you know, you have Jay Lethal as Macho Man coming to the ring with Macho Man's brother, um, so getting, like, the official rub there. Yeah, um, wow. Yeah, um, and then you had Brandy Rhodes in her military outfit, which is her number two of two great outfits uh, on the night. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, you know, that match was fine. It could have been anyone really on the card with what they did with it. I, I would have been a lot more fun if they put someone like Jordan Grace in there or Brian Cage, like, give a real spotlight to someone. They didn't have to win, you know, the ROH title, but it, it would have been a nice thing to see from the Rumble and not well, just flip Gordon. I'll say this. Full, full, I guess, like, stop. I don't like Flip Gordon. I don't think he's an interesting wrestler. I think he's, like, genuinely super unlikable. And I don't think it's on purpose all the time. Um, But this show, and I I feel comfortable saying this, basically paid off every single storyline of being the elite. Yeah, no, it it is one of the most tightly booked shows in that regard and so like having that be the storyline of like of chasing cody and chasing cody's girl for lack of a better term i don't like that ownership of it but that's sort of the the storyline of that right that's the way they would put it that's yeah. not the way we would put it no yeah no there, there's very hard quotes around cody's girl like but, I mean, they literally that... called themselves team friend zone for a while oh uh, yeah they did i forgot which about is that. gross uh, and bad yeah um you know it, it really feels like like they were able to pull that stuff together um really across the board um but yeah no so i mean zero hour it's a good introduction is smart to put it on free tv um you know for people to get them into the match however if you were a casual person who just stumbled across it i would have no clue how i would have gotten my hands on all in yeah Um, did they did they do an okay job of being like hey if you like what you're seeing go to fight tv or whatever i think it was on fight yeah it was basically i was like go to fight tv or join the honor club right now and from what everyone who i've ever talked to who has used honor club has told me is it's like the worst website in the world like man so, honor club honor club sounds like some low-key neo-nazi shit doesn't it i know i know it's it, it's one of those things where you're like guys read the room but then again you know um we'll talk about this christopher daniels with his fascist uniform we can just talk about that match um yeah i mean so you know I, I'll, I'll say this real quick all in like it sort of came out of nowhere right you know you have the origin story in in, in dave Meltzer and you know like no one can sell out a 10,000 seat arena that isn't wwe in the united states and um boy howdy did the bucks and cody prove him wrong but um it sort of came out of nowhere and, and it was one of those things where people complained about it not having an established card until pretty late in the game but um they really delivered something that had a, a really special and, and big match feel so before we like just get into it i just like i i want to get that out there like i was really surprised at how much i was like excited to watch this and was into it 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 snuck up on me because i would i wasn't like a naysayer but i was like yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna have some fun matches on it like the the big the big marquee matches i'm sure it'll be fun blah 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 you know but i was like "Eh, i'll i'll watch it when i watch it and then like all of a sudden it was like all in weekend and i started seeing pictures from starcast and i started you know seeing a bunch of wrestlers i follow on instagram like putting stuff up and 
all of a sudden I was like, oh, this this is actually as big a deal as they're making it out to be. Yeah, it, it, it almost feels like the importance of the event chased the event beginning, which is so strange. Like, no one builds a wrestling event like that. Like, we'll just, we'll put a date out there and we'll hope stuff gathers around it. Um, in, in a weird way, it, it feels like that first Starcade or that first WrestleMania. There's a lot of, like, question marks in the air. There's a lot of weirdness on the card. You have celebrities involved. Well, yeah, I even kind of made fun of it uh, a couple weeks ago where I was like, I can't believe, you know, people are, all the all the smart marks are getting super into all in. I was like, it's just a WWE pay-per-view. It's got a celebrity match. It's got one women's match. It's got, you know, like it's got a dude who's definitely booking himself to win. Uh, it's got all the nostalgia <laughs> shit. Like, I, I was kind of like goofing on it, but it was in a gentle way. Like, all that stuff is... Except for the one women's match, uh, is fine, um, and and I you know I was like kind of gently goofing on it, and then like the second I started watching, I was like, oh no, this is something else. This is this is like a legit celebration of the kind of wrestling that I've really come to enjoy, and full full on like had a bunch of different kinds of matches in a way I wasn't expecting because like. There is the big criticism, and I, I think we've even said stuff like this, in a lot of indie promotions, even up to the level of, say, Ring of Honor, where basically they just give you one kind of match all night. Yeah. And and, and they're very good at that one kind of match, but it's like, well, I don't need three hours of that, or I don't, you know, I don't need two hours of well, that. And that's that's the big complaint, I think, that we, we constantly have with WWE. People wouldn't bemoan the length of you know, a four-hour, a five-hour SummerSlam if every match wasn't in that, you know, quote-unquote house style of the company. You know, and the few people that are different, your Oscars, your Nakamura's, don't get rewarded for that stuff. They have to sort of come back down. Well, yeah, they're having their, their edges sanded off. Yeah. Like, they're, unfortunately, because we love both of them, and they hate the... Uh other than like one match on the main roster for Oscar, which was WrestleMania with Charlotte. Yeah. She hasn't really got to be Oscar. No. And I think what you're, what you see in all in is a card full of people embracing their gimmicks, embracing their style, doing different shit. Like part of the reason that I like the, the women's match is that they all did different stuff. Like it, you know, a, a lot of the problem with the WWE women's division is that at a certain point, all the ones who have come through NXT feel kind of samey because they have the same trainers. You yeah, know, they, they as good the as same they are. Pipeline, and don't get me wrong, those trainers are fantastic. They've yeah, they've Sar- us, Sarah Amato could not be better. <laughs> yeah, they've given us great wrestlers, but there is a there's like a you know there's no diversity to the 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 sort of schooling. Even, like, if you look at 205 Live, the guys that Brian Kendrick has trained is very different than the guys who have come up through the indies and different than the guys who came through um, NXT and then joined 205 Live. Um, you know, we want more of that, I think. And that's what excited me about this card. And again, you have... I mean, they kept saying five companies, but really... I mean, this is, this is almost um, five major companies in, like, half of the major indies. Oh, yeah. I... They're... Some of these people work for, you know, half a dozen companies on any given, you know, quarter, <laughs> quarterly period. Yeah. 
Um, and that's before you even get to the people who are like Penta and Ray Phoenix, where it's like, oh yeah, they were for Lucha Underground and AAA and Impact, like, and local indies, and you know. Yeah. But, yeah, no, so I, I think just sort of th- that mindset going in really kind of changed the way I viewed this event. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't think we're giving anything away to say. I think we both really deeply enjoyed this event. Um, it's it's, it's going to be really hard not to say all in over and over again. But, like, yeah, two thumbs up, way, yeah. way into this. Yeah, no, I'll, I would say I bought in to all in. Like, like also, I have to give a good shout out to NJPW for... Um, carrying this match for free on their service uh, yeah, two days thanks, after the thanks, event. Thanks, New Japan. I complain about your streaming service a lot. Um, thank you. Thank you for putting this up. Uh, because I think there's also, there's a little bit of the rub. A friend of the show, Dylan Roth, said on Twitter, like, if he didn't watch it on New Japan World, he thinks he probably would have viewed it a little bit lower. Um, like, paying, forking over 40 bucks for it. And, and then the sort of, you know ten dollar world of, of wwe pay-per-views today i, I get that mm-hmm. but like i i think this was a good enough show on its own on its own merit in a weird way like if if i had like been smart enough to like get the day off and like have people over i would have paid forty dollars for this yeah i same 100 percent, 100 percent. i was very much toying with as i started to see the first like you know tweets and gifts come in like oh man should I go on Fight TV and buy it? And I was like, no, New Japan promised they'd have it. I'll, I'll tell you, in a way, I almost feel bad to admit this, but we kind of admitted, like, we got sucked up in the marketing. We got sucked up in the build. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, I actually think that's a cool, fun thing because we are so jaded and shitty about so many things. Yeah, and I haven't, um, I haven't been I felt, excited for a pay-per-view. I felt left out. Like, yeah. I, I had to wait a couple of days to watch it. I just didn't have time. I was at work, you know, all that stuff. And, and like, I kept seeing people typing. I was like, man, I really missed something. And I don't feel that way, like, if I can't watch TLC or whatever. You know, I'm like, ah, I'll get to it on Tuesday or whatever, Wednesday, whatever, I don't care. Like, as long as I watch it that week, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. But, like, this, I was like, man, I, I, I've got some major FOMO. I got that all-in FOMO. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I think um, that that's sort of the mindset we approach the event with. And so one of the first things you, you see is is... A match between TV's Green Arrow and 25-year veteran of wrestling, Christopher Daniels. You don't know what on earth to expect. It could have been anything. It could have been anything. And that's a, that's a joke that we made a couple weeks ago when like the first matches rolled out for this card of like, what even is that match going to look like? What could it be? You know, like... And it ended up being this really good match. Now, you know, Stephen Amell is not the most polished wrestler. He's a little, like, stiff and wonky. But, like, he did some real stuff in this match. I, I actually think he transitions really well. Um, He goes from move to move much better than somebody with his inexperience should be able to. Yeah, no, he... You know what's weird? And I think it comes from fight training. He wrestles like he's really fighting hmm well because because so, like he's learned it from an actor's perspective instead of from an athlete's perspective yeah so like there are times when like he kind of fumbled some some moves not like out of botching them or things like this but because he's literally like i fell but i'm still holding on to you so i'm gonna pull you down while i come up because he, that looks more realistic yeah but, he did what you actually should do in or would do in that situation <laughs> yeah 
and you know and, and again in wrestling you don't want someone pulling on your tights as you go to like do something but it it, <laughs> it, it, it looked good and you know i mean yeah okay did christopher daniels completely blow his best in the world <laughs> moonsault the one time because he was out of place or mel was out of place sure well, um, there was a bit, there was a bit, I don't know if I saw it wrong, but I think Daniel stepped on uh, Amel's leg and, like, slipped on him, and yeah. I actually, like, got nervous. I was like, oh, shit. Because, like, nothing freaks me out in wrestling like somebody slipping. I can't even describe, like, yeah. I just immediately, I'm like, oh, someone's gonna get really hurt. Yeah. And, you know, it, it seemed like the camera crew on this was maybe a mixed bag of different production crews that each company volunteered. So they weren't always like WWE is pretty good at hiding a lot of the botches. Um, yeah, they know they know how to and when to cut away and what to cover it with, and they know the rhythm of the matches so well that they can they can they can do that. Yeah, and they they had that referee. I will say in this match, excellently placed to cover that coast to coast in case it didn't connect. You know what though? That motherfucker did it. He did it. And he did it, and it looked like fire like it oh, looked great it looked great as far as high spots go it's one of the best ones of the night it yeah. looked amazing it also had that the what's uh the mystique around it of like oh he's doing this like they he he took his time getting to the top rope and the setup is there and it, your your mind puts two and two together and you go oh he's gonna do a coast to coast oh he's actually gonna do it yeah no it it was a nail biter. I was like, "Oh no!" And and again, I was watching this days later, and I, I would have heard if he really botched it or messed it up. Yeah. Um. But I was like, "Oh, can he really do this?" Like, what almost... is the discussion with? I almost instead of this match, would I wish they had just aired the discussion with the lawyers at the CW? <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, they hey they got their plug in for season seven. <laughs> So they're they happy. certainly did. Um, Was, has Christopher Daniels been on that show? For some reason, I want to say if not, he is going to be. He should be. But I'm, I can't I'm almost think of a good character was. for him. Because Cody's been I know on Co- twice. Yeah, Cody's been on it. Uh, Edge has been on Flash. Yeah. What a but, waste. And, and they could have kept him because that character is great. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I mean the, the the elbow drop through the table. The um yeah i have to give props to amel for that um yeah he did it like the, I, I i i wouldn't do it <laughs> no fuck no you know um the 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 reversal that he had out of the um was it the backdrop suplex i forget or it's Daniel's the finisher? the angel what is he called the angel's wings i i'm blanking on yeah, it and i'm it's like so a double underhook thing but so, yeah it's like a double underhook pile driver thing yeah but that was such a clean reversal, and it looked so good. And that he fell that was the first him. that was the first gif I actually saw from the show, and I didn't realize there's Stephen Amell. I was like, man, that's that's smooth. And then it took my brain like clicked. And I went, oh, that's that's fucking arrow. Yeah. No, <laughs> and he's wrestling in the arrow pants too. Like there was good gear. I like that they were yeah. stylized arrow pants. Um, so no, I mean, like, again, we're not saying that this is some magical five-star match, no, but like... No, it's not a cla- it's not a Matt classic or anything, but like, it felt right. It was like very fundamental, and like, it had the good... Even the opening moment of like, uh, he shots Christopher Daniels because he's all like fired up, and then he stands there and he goes, all right, now you do me. I was like, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> like, he, got me he, into it. He's just the man having the time of his life. 
He's a kid in a candy store. Unfortunately, the candy is like, you know, the candy is putting your body on the line. Yeah, yeah, is getting thrown through a table or you know, almost getting pot. I have a feeling the lawyers were like, no pile drivers, and that's why they had that reversal spot. Yeah, no, I I would almost guarantee you. Um, but yeah, he no. want he want to make some lawyer shit himself. So that would well, and he he is clearly a dude who's building. So like the next match that he has will definitely feature like some sort of tombstone pile driver onto the steel steps just because he can, can. What about a Melokata? Oh, man. <laughs> can we get that? that <laughs> I just want to see what that is. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it would be great because Okada's great. Yeah. Um, and Amel's and athletic could, as hell. He could work with Amel. Like, that, that's, the, that's the weird thing. There New are dream a ton match. of wrestlers who I could be like, you know, they could take a newbie under their wing right now. Um, but I'd be like, yeah, Akata could do it because he could work with anyone. New dream match. <laughs> yeah, let me go. Let me go fix that Twitter meme. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, and it, this was well placed on the card. Second match on the card. Um, great way to get the audience in. Um, you know, just just really solid. And then it, it transitioned into, uh, I guess yeah, the women's match was next, um, which. Um, four women who I, I really have not seen before. Um, I, I've seen Chelsea Green because of uh, gifts from TD Eclipse uh, from Impact, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Um, and I just I know Tessa Blanchard reputationally, but I don't. I've never actually seen a Tessa Blanchard match, so this is my first time sort of coming into oh, into this scene. Tessa Blanchard rules. Yes, she does. She's the truth. Like, I, I even tweeted, like, last night while I was watching the show, I was like, look, I'm trying to keep my opinions close to the vest, but if you don't like Tessa Blanchard, what's your fucking problem? So, really good She deadlifted! Her. She deadlifted a lady, and she made it look like no big deal. Yeah. Um, her Code Breaker-esque finisher is really stunning, and seems like an can only be painful yeah there's no way that doesn't hurt there's to both no people. way yeah to everyone involved <laughs> yeah um so this was just a, this was a great match um chelsea green uh, again my first exposure to her um as like a wrestler wrestler not just sort of a, a meme and a living gif a living gif and this was a welcome surprise and confusing and wonderful I have um, I, so many questions. And I have no answers for you. <laughs> First question is, is she two people? Also, is she two-faced? Also, is this her normal gimmick? Which shows does she use it on? <laughs> so, the only thing I do know is that this is her normal gimmick on Impact. I mean, I liked it. I, I want to preface, I, or not preface, I guess, whatever the opposite of preface is uh follow up what sounds like criticism with fucking here for it real good oh, you know love was, that cartoony bullshit nonsense i was i was into it from when she first came out i just was like i want to know more she stopped herself from doing the respect handshake yeah <laughs> and you know the 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 two sides gear which um was very Always much a fan. in a two-faced batman animated series color scheme yeah um yeah again very much comic books all over this thing um 
but yeah i mean and um i don't want to say the wrong name and madison rain it, it, that seemed wrong but it also seemed right um madison rain was really good um you know i, I guess Britt baker was kind of new to everyone on commentary except for tenille dashwood um you know which was kind of fun um it was really cool they, they changed up some of the commentary throughout the card i thought that was a great idea it kept things from getting stale it gave some other perspectives i think tenille dashwood was super weird on commentary oh she was weird and i'm a fan of hers and i was like "Ooh, this is weird um there's there is there is some like kayfabe breaking commentary from her um, and well everyone to be fair well, like yeah. i could not figure out where this rated on like the the shoot versus kayfabe chart it was like squarely in the middle at all times. Well, uh, don Callis broke out one of our favorite um you know head scratchers which is constantly calling the merch table the gimmick table <laughs> and I, not I, meaning a gimmicked table yeah that's i i understand where that comes from but it's still it's just yeah. the weirdest thing um, but you know, I, I, I mean, Tessa Blanchard really sold me. I want to see more, um, good use of a legacy without it overshadowing, like just having Tully there and Magnum TA and Magnum TA is always awesome. So the, the best thing I can say about her is that along with, uh, L Collins fantastic columns, uh, over at Uproxx, Tessa Blanchard makes me want to watch Impact. And I didn't think there was something that could do that. Yeah. I I mean, I'm going to tell you, all the good things we've been hearing about Impact, seeing LAX live, seeing the people from Impact on this show, really makes me want to tune in. Yeah, I might. Ooh, I might. I might. Maybe maybe, maybe listeners will we'll commit ourselves to doing like an Impact sampler episode or something. That'd be cool. I'd, I'd love, if people want to recommend us stuff, I'm always open. I like good stuff uh it, the finish of this match is super weird i don't think we have to spend a ton of time on that though like clearly something uh, didn't happen right but they sold it well like yeah. at least you know she got up and started celebrating and was like yeah fuck yeah and i was like ooh, something went wrong yeah no it, it seemed like the when they broke it they never lifted anyone's shoulders yeah and, well because she didn't I, I can't remember who was trying to break out the pin but like she didn't quite make it yeah so it was a fluke like it i mean i've seen it happen in other matches just it sucks that it happened on such a big scale yeah but i think they played it off enough that it seemed like trying to break the trope in a weird way i mean let's be real i don't think that's what happened but let's be real she was gonna win anyway yeah i mean there's no way she couldn't um because she she was impressive also her gear was phenomenal oh it's the best yeah um you know what happens when you finance a show and you put yourself in a marquee match <laughs> the only the only one that really had a package before it as well a good package a too. good package a really well put together like catch up so so cody has learned some things from the wwe um and the match is good but not great i mean i liked it <sighs> i liked it a lot like I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I thought it was a good match. Um, I thought Cody looked good. I don't really know. Um, uh, Nick Aldis. Oh, what a weird name. Magnus. Magnus. Yeah, Magnus from, yeah. from TNA. Yeah. 
Um, like, I don't really know much about him, but it, I think in a weird way, because I kept going like, ah, oh, they're putting this on in, like, the middle of the show. I kind of think Cody had a good understanding of where the car, of, of where this match belonged on the car. They, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But the... he also entered with Glacier. Glacier. Oh, man, I was excited for that, that team. Kind of sad he didn't karate kick anybody. I know. Uh but we did. We did get a diamond cutter. We got a great diamond cutter. A uh, big ups to Mister Sean Devari for selling the fuck out of that. Yes. Um. So and we got, we got Pharaoh, the Siberian Nightmare, coming to ringside. I'm telling you, worker of the night. They got a dog to sit in front of ten thousand screaming people. <laughs> uh, best worker. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean again, it hit all the right emotional notes. I think. I think it hit all of the right like event notes. Like they made it seem like this is an event. It's certainly NWA passing the torch. I just I just feel like the match, um, it it very much felt like an NWA in the modern sense title match. Like a a good match that you would see on the indies at, at the top of a card, and not necessarily like the marquee match and and i think that that proved itself um it was also like it had like some overbooked nonsense in it but it felt right because it was the nwa world's heavyweight oh, championship oh yeah. D- don't get me wrong they 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 overbooked this there were too many people coming to ringside um it took cody way too wrong to gig himself <laughs> clearly because that's what was going on with ddp coming down um also, I can't tell if he gigged himself or he just put a blood pack on his face. He there's definitely a cut. Yeah, uh, but it, it dried. It, he was he wasn't like Ric Flair levels of bleeding, so I wasn't sure. Who is though? Yeah, no one. I don't know how <laughs> that man has blood left. Um, well, I will I will say like I I can't even talk about like the the mechanics of the match or whatever. I can only focus on like the emotion. It yeah. got me. It it got me good. Like I seeing cody with the crimson mask holding the nwa world's heavyweight championship like crying into it in the middle of the ring on this thing that he built and and i was just like you did it you did the thing oh yeah and like i i don't know i can't be anything but happy for him no and, and that and that's really the thing like this was great and it, it's a nice capper to uh, running a successful event um you know following in the footsteps of of a legend and like doing really well by that like not just i gave myself this title you know it, it is i built this whole thing so i think i can get a title for like a couple months right guys like that's sort of the people logic, people right? being like oh cody booked himself to win i'm like well they have been building this story for months with another company I'm sure there's been some discussions. Yeah, no, it's not like he just was like, okay, I'm I'm winning tonight, and everyone was like, oh, no. No, this is clear, and and this is the type of shit that, like, NWA loves. Legacy? You know, even I, I enjoyed commentary. was like, he's going to have to, like, do the dates in all of the NWA territories. Oh, yeah, I love it. They're like, can he, handle, can he handle the schedule? That cracked me up. Yeah. Um, yes, this WWE wrestler will have a hard time with all yeah. these NWA dates. He'll be fine. Um, but, no, I mean, yeah, emotionally, ugh. And um, 
also we need we need to talk about brandy Rhodes mvp of the night uh getting the save for her husband by taking oh. the arm drop like i said there's a lot of overbook bullshit in this but that moment was great oh man it, and commentary doing like this really great job of like splitting the difference of like oh did he do that intentionally did he even know she was there like super good stuff yeah i I have to say i have to give it up the commentary wasn't always like the best but they were really good at um not taking away attention from the match except for one case we'll talk about that um but um they were really good at at making the stories in some of the matches because some of them don't have builds you know some of these were just thrown together and you know especially i think okada um marty they did a really good job of telling you sort of when marty was being impressive for quote-unquote someone of his size because mm-hmm. that's not that doesn't always read because okada is six foot three but he doesn't seem like he's six foot three he he doesn't seem like he has half the size he does it's really weird because he's a big dude yeah and so i i have to give it up to, to to commentary for the night and um you know don Callis is don Callis, but um whoever the middle guy was ian Rubinucci and excalibur were both actually i think really good yeah, and Excalibur got to do a lot of his like best ofs from PWG. He did. He got to say "Do the deal," and nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. Yes. Uh, right after somebody kicked out of the Falcon Arrow, twice, so got, twice God bless. Night. God bless. Um, yeah, and you know it, it's kind of funny because they really knew how to build this card, and I keep saying that, but it, it, it's an art. Like you could have just thrown this together, had Cody be the you know capper of the night and whatever. But they layered this because then next up they put, um, I think one of the treats of the night, Joey Janela versus Hangman Page. Yeah, I did not expect to come out of this liking this match show so much. Like I, I've said on the show a million times, I'm not super into like, not that this was like a full on death match, but that style of wrestling, I don't love no DQ stuff. I don't love weapons matches. This was really fun because it was just moment after moment of like, oh, they're they're gonna do that, huh? Oh, that man might die. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it reminds me that Hangman Page is secretly one of the greats, and like we slept on him for a long time because he was just that other dude in the Bullet Club. He was. He was the other dude on Being the Elite, and now I'm like, oh yeah, Hangman Page is as good as everybody else in that group. Yeah. Um, Joey Janela is a maniac and should be stopped he's, at all costs he is in his own category nobody but else is joey janela he is great i mean the finish how <laughs> did that man live i mean i can't even describe what happened but he fully landed on his deck he i'm amazed he was walking that man took a burning hammer on a suspended ladder yeah uh he also got like choked out with a hotel phone on top of a ladder and that oh that final spot of the i, I always forget what hangman's finisher yeah. is what is it last rites or yeah not last rites, something um, like rite of passage rite of passage that's right through yeah through the table the ladder through the table was just through his neck essentially uh, yeah, yeah. mind-boggling and uh uh penelope ford getting involved yep yep she uh, was great penelope, just, penelope Ford is fantastic yeah really and again hatman page is a large dude and she i forget how big moves in yeah i forget how big he is because i think we've even erroneously called him a junior heavyweight on the show before th- when we I were talking so about he is the, he's a large gentleman <laughs> yeah he's six 
they said he weighs like 230 so he's gotta be like 6263 yeah because he's not like a big guy like he's he's fit but he's not like large yeah and joe joey janela is actually kind of on the smaller side um i love joey janela out there which is like his dad bod ass like running around getting super hurt constantly his his flip off the cracker barrel yes into the crowd so that that one yeah one of my favorite so commentary started to get obtrusive um because they they brought out the cracker barrel who if you did not know was one of the sponsors of all in um and then they were leaning very heavy into the cracker barrel ad placement uh, going so far as to say that the reason that the tables were all around ringside was that Cracker Barrel provided their lunch. And I loved it, because I love the bullshit reasoning. Like, no, no, guys, we need to explain why there are tables all over the place. I, I loved it. I know. Uh, but, you yeah, know, Janela off of the Cracker Barrel onto Hangman Page in the audience was just, ah. Oh, he got some distance on that. <laughs> yeah, um... You know, just again, I think I think one of the keys of this match is they stayed in the ring for a long time for a street fight. When they fought outside the ring, it really felt like there was a reason for them to be out there other than just it's a street fight, so let's fight. You know, it it felt fresh, and a lot of the street fights that you see, you know, in other promotions are, are pretty generic. Um, mm. This felt fun. Yeah, like no. it, it didn't. It felt light, which sounds like a weird thing to say. It's where a, a dude took like a ten foot drop off a ladder onto a table, fucking head first. But like, yeah. it was genuinely fun, and like they kept the pace up. And I was just like, "Ooh, what's gonna happen next?" And then a miracle happened. Uh, a man rose. Well, I should say a dick rose from the grave, and then, and then a man rose from the grave. Ah, uh, I. I don't know how you would begin to describe what happened to someone who has not been <laughs> who had not watched a hundred hours of being the of elite. being the elite. Because um, commentary was really getting over the fact that Hangman Page admitted to a murder the night before and was somehow not immediately arrested. Other than I guess the murder happened in Japan, he w- he would have had to been extradited, and that takes a lot more than twenty four hours, I would assume. <laughs> um. Oh my god, the boots. I gotta say, one of my favorite moments of the whole night. Like, as a as a reward for, like, hardcore longtime fans. Um, like, I've talked a lot about this with people recently of, like, well, continuity isn't a bad thing. It's a way to reward people, and, and it shouldn't be up to blah, 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 blah. Don't, I don't care. Uh, those boots showing up, the, the bloody boots that uh, talked to Hangman Page and became his dark passenger for a while. Um, them showing up in a trash bag as a threat was fucking, like top five moments oh, yeah. of the night. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> his his reaction to the shoes it's the best is amazing. Thing I've ever seen. He no sold the phone, which I kind of I kind of really liked. I like that because he's a, he's a killer now. And then the penises came out. the 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 best line I've heard a wrestling commentator <laughs> say maybe ever a phalanx of phalluses yes it priceless should be that moment should be recorded in time and framed put in a museum like you know how they made a golden record and shot it into space (laughs) if we make another one that Uh, also they called joey uh, joey ryan the (laughs) the human prime prism 
Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, no. It was Jesus. it was gold. Also, I think Don they they said something like about is that is Joey Ryan back from the dead and Don Callis is like, "I know a lot about penises. I don't know a lot about the afterlife." <laughs> I just I'm so glad Joey Ryan got his moment. I like oh. you could not have done this show without Jerry Ryan showing up in some capacity. His, he just couldn't. His entrance music, his entrance moves, just intoxicating. H- hashtag rest in penis. Rest in penis. Oh man, I can't believe they got that over. It's I know, so unreal. Oh, it it was art. I you know the fake Undertaker music that they found on YouTube that they had a credit to the YouTube. <laughs> copyright free music artist hey you you gotta credit your sources um but yeah no i was i loved it just every minute of it joey ryan doing his joey ryan gimmick hangman page is just like shocked alarmed bug-eyed adam cole face him he did not just see a ghost he saw like hell waiting for him and unfortunately hell was a field of ghost dicks yeah um when joey ryan got in the 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 ring he he touched him and said you're not real (laughs) yeah he was screaming at him it was amazing it it is amazing that one of the one of the major matches on this card was a story of one wrestler killing someone else and that wrestler's erection bringing him back from the dead which they showed yeah i know which they in glorious hd uh, in, in glorious iphone 10 camera with, with um, his u-porn t-shirt gotta 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 get paid <laughs> gotta get paid gotta get paid um and then uh, so th- then then we sort of got into the meat of the night um which is hard to hard to say after you had a major title of um change which was full of emotion you had this uh, you know this deathmatch comedy match right like essentially yeah it walked a weird line yeah and, and then we got into the wrestling like like the real down and dirty okay. uh, of the evening and first of all Kenny Omega and uh Penta L0 wow um Penta is great I forgot how good he is because I I haven't seen him since Lucha Underground. And that man is scary and amazing and he can fuck people up. He is he is such a believable thing. Like I don't I don't really know how else to describe him. Like he looks like he hurts people. He looks like he gets hurt he looks dangerous he's like kind of legit scary because he's just kind of like a little square ugly dude in like crazy face paint um i i don't know i want to like this match more than i did oh really i yeah i'm not gonna sit here and be super negative about it because i still think it's really good but it's like this is the match where like people who are critical of indie wrestling and and a certain style of indie wrestling i think this is the one that actually like highlights a lot of their criticisms kenny omega uh kicked out of an arm breaker and then just no sold having his arm broken for the rest of the match uh that is which fair is, which is fine i don't really care but that's definitely a thing like jim cornette 
motherfuckers are gonna be mad about yeah um and like it was you know there was some like really crazy near finish or near falls there was the really unforgettable uh package pile driver on the apron yeah no that was yikes yeah uh kenny sold the shit out of that um but yeah it i liked it i thought it was weird i have never seen penta whatever we're calling him right this minute um play to a crowd so much he kept like taking a knee and like pointing out of the crowd and be like yeah and i was just uh, very taken out of it by well, that i think this is quite possibly the largest audience outside of mexico that pent has ever played to that that might be true actually so i don't because I'm, I'm, I don't think Lucha Underground has ever pulled anything that big. And well, no, they do fairly TNA. small audiences on purpose. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, I think there's I, part of that is definitely there. There are some folks in here who are like, "This is the most people who are ever going to see me," so I'm getting my shit in. And um, and boy, did he! Pe, yo, Penta did the Sierra Miehel so many times; it was actually a little annoying. Um, but it was cute too. Like, I gotta say that that float over lung blower. Oh, that was that's so good. He did it like twice, and I was just like, yes, yes, more of that. The pump handle pile driver that happened in this match as well. Yeah, that shit's unreal. Yeah. I guess that's the the penta driver. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Um, his his shin kicks and everything. I mean, and Kenny looked great. Kenny's always great. Surprised Why he did... went over. Why did Kenny not have? Did New Japan not let people have titles? Uh, because I, the Bucks... Oh, they don't have the titles right now, do they? No, they had their NJPW titles on them. Did they? I thought those were the custom all-in ones. Oh, maybe they wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. Because it's weirder if they had theirs and Kenny didn't have his. But, you know, weird people did not have titles that were from the promotions that they were for. So, like, Tessa is the Impact Women's Champion, and their, you know, their name and their referee is on this event. She didn't have her title with her. Oh yeah, that is weird. Yeah, it, it was really inconsistent. I I thought hmm. it was strange. Cause like it the the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, I, in my opinion, is like the most coveted title in anywhere. Yeah, and it's weird to me that he didn't have it with him. Cause it's been such a big deal that he has it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then something crazy happened. That took maybe a little too long to happen. Oh, God. I... Yeah. Just take us through it. (laughs) So, the lights go out, and I was like, ooh, okay. Like, so this is how they're going to play it. Um, Because I saw the gif of it, so I was spoiled for this, you know, beforehand. So, I actually assumed Penta won because Jericho came in and replaced him and gave Kenny the Codebreaker by surprise. I (laughs) I did not anticipate... Jericho replacing a fallen Penta for no reason and then just coming out and surprisingly attacking Kenny. Uh it was it was strange, but I loved it. It's it's the type also, of wrestling bullshit that that we all love. In retrospect, it's really funny to me that the big reveal is that he did a code breaker and I now realize that commentary never called any of Penta's lung blowers a code breaker. Yeah. He threw like three of them. No, yeah, he did. He did a couple, <laughs> and I was, and and because I knew that, I was like, oh, that's weird. Did you see in earlier? Like, is because this... 
Because when he does it after the switch, Don Callis is like, that's a code breaker. Oh no, it's Chris Jericho. And I was like, y'all didn't think the knees to the back three other times in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> oh no, someone did a suplex. It can only be Arn Anderson. So funny. Like, just in retrospect, I totally yeah. get it. I totally get it. It's yeah. that pro wrestling bullshit, but like, it's super funny to me. But um, yeah, Chris Jericho, full on Penta makeup, the Penta costume slowly pulling off the mask to reveal his messy hair <laughs> oh he just he just took every second of that moment one could say he drank it in he re- i was trying not to you, you i'm did sorry i had to <laughs> um oh and then he and, and then he pulled off his penta cyrax from mortal kombat gear uh <laughs> and revealed a judas t-shirt um, which is the hit single from his band, but also a lot of people have been interpreting it as a message. Um, nah. Because he promised someone he would never wrestle for another promotion on American soil when he went to New Japan. I will say this: he has said he he ha- he would do that. I I can't imagine he did not get an okay for this. Yeah, he values no he values that partnership too much. Yeah, there's no way he, like, went rogue. I'm sorry, Chris Jericho's not that cool. He's in a dad rock band. Um, yeah, no, but, um, you know, I, I think it's a good storytelling message. I think that's it is. That's it's It's good kayfabe. It's very yeah. good kayfabe. It's so that when he comes back in, like, a year, <laughs> um, they could chew him out for it on TV, and then he can be in an angle. There's yeah. no way this gets acknowledged on TV. Oh, there's no. There's no way. Can I? Can I, one of the wildest things about this show is hearing how freely they acknowledge people's gimmicks and names from WWE, except that they won't call him Cody Rhodes. They just keep calling him fucking Cody. I, that, yeah. And I realized, like, his weight belt, which I thought was very cool, um, the Rhodes was intentionally on the underside of the flap. Uh, yeah. And then near the end of the match, you could actually see it. He had turned his weight belt around. I'm sure just through the normal movement and yeah. whatnot of the match. But yeah, I. it's such a weird thing. Just let the dude use the name. He, yeah. Everybody knows that's who he is. He's not hurting your brand. Yeah. And like, they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, he's held, he's been a WWE tag team champion. And you're like, whoa, I'm not used to other companies referencing other titles. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, so then we had probably the match of the night. Oh yeah. I think it's, I think it's my match of the night. I, I don't have a ton to say about it just cause like, it's the kind of stuff we like. It's very good. You should go watch it. It's Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker, uh, versus Marty Skrull and the villain and, and Marty's got something to prove cause he's a little dude. And he wants to prove he's a heavyweight, so he's going to take it to one of the best heavyweights in the world. And it's very good. It's really, really good. Um, it's it's better than it had any right to be. And I don't mean that as a diss to either guy. Like, I expected a good, a good match. But we're talking about a nearly half an hour mat classic. Like, you know, we, we joked about that with, um, you know, uh, uh, Christopher Daniels and... and uh, Mel, but like this is this is literally if you want to show someone good wrestling, oh, this match, perfect. It, yeah, it builds itself so well. Like every everything that happens in the first like five ten minutes of the match gets paid off on in the last five ten minutes, uh, up to and including the the ultimate finger snap from 
the the 205 thing the 205 i just couldn't i couldn't i get it that's the kind of shit that this audience is here for but you know what so am i yeah <laughs> like okada mocking marty with with giving the 205 and then marty just grabbing his finger i was like yes oh it's so oh. good no I, I, really there there's not a ton to say about this match because it, it's so good like it, it really is just a showcase of good wrestling um it did a lot for marty it made him look it makes good. marty it makes marty look as good as i always say he is yeah I mean, because he, he literally hung with the biggest boy, and he, he did so in a really good way. Um, it's it's that same sort of, you know, Kenny Omega, I'm just choosing to crown myself a heavyweight, because, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it works, and, and when they do something like this, when they give you that match that shows you why you should consider someone this... Oh, beautiful chef kiss. He had he had, here's the weird thing. There is a match, and it is the Okada showcase match, and it is not a thing everybody gets. And yeah. when you have it, you're good. Because guess what? Uh, this this match reminded me uh, Okada is maybe the best person in the world at doing this. Um, it, you know what was great to see outside of a Kenny match, great Okada, and I, I don't mean that as a diss, but you know, we, again, we we've classified before in the past that Okada sometimes suffers from Randy Orton syndrome of like he he can have Randy Orton syndrome. He's got a little bit of <laughs> yeah. And it was this this is Kenny Omega, you know, match level Okada and getting that with someone else but also someone who is super super good at wrestling and in a different style. You know, you don't see a ton of catch wrestlers get over you know i mean sure you have you know zsj but like he's the outlier yeah one and marty Skrull was his tag partner for a long yeah. time like those two dudes like made made that style a thing again yeah um and so to see him do it and to use those moves and to do that stuff but also put in some power moves and do the do the strong boy poses and stuff like that which then him every time fun. every time he would like hit a big move and flex i was losing it that's yeah. that's good that's good stuff no, just just a great match. Um, supposedly twelve minutes over. It's a lot of time. I I don't know if I believe that. I don't I, yeah, know. I don't either. I think I think they just did not know how much time was left. You, I guess they had. You a do hard hear out. people. You do hear people yelling, Marty, 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 um, near yeah. the end of it. Um, so they may have been a little over. I can't imagine they went twelve minutes over. Uh, no, because that that's irresponsible. Because <laughs> this match only clocks in at 26 minutes there's no way you pay okada the money you would have to pay to get him to the u.s and have him wrestle a 13 minute match no yeah i just don't i i don't believe it my guess is this was a 20 minute match that they added six minutes into yeah oh yeah i i I believe that because they were having fun it's very clear it's very clear that they were enjoying themselves during the match and they should have been because it's a good ass match i loved it also, Okada um, with red hair looks like 10 years younger. It's weird. It's weird. It is kind of funny that we got, like, out of canon, uh, like, happy, good Rainmaker Okada instead of, like, <laughs> weird midlife crisis with sad balloons Okada that we've been getting. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, he's back! Uh, so, then finally, we got the, the main event, which um, was the Golden Elite just such a good name it, it really is it works very well it's cheesy as hell but like in a good way uh versus bandito ray phoenix and wolverine 
uh yeah uh lucky jim uh lucky jim howlett showed up <laughs> and um looking exactly like a ramon villalobos drawing <laughs> i feel like he has to send ramon a check like like hey thanks <laughs> it's like he saw it like online and i know that ramon he has probably a... has has an image that looks like this because like just the 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 outlines and stuff of the character but it was it's I the mean, boots he, don't get me don't get me wrong Rey mysterio's wolverine looked really good but again cornball as hell but also totally worked i really wish we could have gotten cody in his mr sinister gear if we were gonna go this far <sighs> it's too bad he hasn't done that in so long i know but um this is this was uh i, I would say a tightly paced match um it's a hoot it's a hoot and a half but on man, the on the old Chris rating scale, fuck five was, stars is a hoot and a half. This was high spot, high spot, high spot. Uh, high energy, really, really good moves and um, breakneck speed. Because about five minutes into this <laughs> eleven minute match, you can audibly hear someone say, "It's time to go home. Take it home. Take it home." <laughs> and you know what? It's better for it. I love it. This match is just an 11-minute, like, clusterfuck. Oh, yeah. The, the pace of this match is unsustainable. You could not no. do this for 20 minutes. Now, again, another match where everyone was having fun. It's a great way to get some CMLL stars over in AAA. Um, no, and, man, Ray Phoenix is great. Yeah, um, that, everybody always talks about how good Penta is. Ray Phoenix, man. He's yeah. so good. Um, because I kind of, I like, forgot about Phoenix. Um, and then I was watching this match. I was like, oh, shit, that's right. I love this guy when he was on Lucha. Yeah, like, he's, he is so fantastic. And, like, he just does things where you're like, holy shit, somebody can do that. Like, his his weird, like, triple bounce setup yes. rope thing. I, oh. I don't even know what to call that. I have no idea. But it is the most, like, carny circus bullshit. And I love it. But yeah, I mean, you know, so everyone looked great. Coda looking in amazing shape somehow, even more so than normal. He was extra cut. I don't understand how he did it. And he seemed bulkier in like the shoulders, but like I think all he, muscle. I think he's I think he's putting weight on. Um yeah. hopefully hopefully for a big Wrestle Kingdom match. I'm I'm pulling for that as well. Um But, you know, it's this was fun I, I and again what what a capper to this night like it, high energy everyone got to look good in front of the crowd um you know the young bucks win their match in their big event you know it kind of had fun. to happen yeah they were gonna win that was never the question <laughs> yeah that's not what this match was about this match was hey you want to see some guys do a bunch of flips and a bunch of super kicks yeah here you go um the them spamming the moonsaults and then finally the um the 450 splash the end was you know like i couldn't even process it like just just smile on my face like go get them guys like and again i'm someone who who up until earlier this year was kind of blasé on the young bucks and they now have individual characters and there's fun storytelling like in the in the middle of the match phoenix goes to kick matt and matt ducks and he hits coda (laughs) and i was like oh shit that's gonna come back because coda's Mm -hmm. gonna be like look he let that guy hit me he did not take the hit 
Yeah, there's no way that doesn't come up at some point. Yeah. Even if it's some little, even if it's a little callback in some six-man tag, like, on a pre-show of a New Japan, you know, like, you know it's what I gonna want? come back. I want Coda doing a JFK-esque scene of back into the left uh, on being the elite. Him you just showing wrote... Coda, and Coda's like, uh, him showing uh, Kenny, and Kenny's like, sure, sure, Coda, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mad, magic foot kick yeah okay yeah you did just write an entire episode of being the elite <laughs> i that i'm amazed that doesn't exist already um uh, matt nick kenny i'm available um <laughs> but yeah i mean this, again i this is a weird thing where i had no expectations i wouldn't say it was against it but kind of in that like pseudo naysayer category and i ended up loving the shit out of this it here's the thing like you mentioned it gave a showcase to a bunch of people it it reminded me why i liked a lot of the people that i liked on the card i came out of this like a bigger cody fan than i was going into it uh it reminded me why i like the young bucks why i like ray phoenix kodobushi you know tessa blanchard everyone like it it's they did such a good job of promoting this and then paying it off it's they had the weight of the world on their shoulders going into this and they they did exactly what it needed to be it was fun it was a celebration uh that final match is just a victory lap oh yeah no the, uh, i mean it, it it sort of is like they aired the fun dark match yeah basically it's it's the send him home happy house show match yeah there's no stakes like Rey mysterio loses <laughs> yeah yeah i know i mean there there is the fun thing of half the matches on this card are non-canonical and then the other half are hard canonical mm-hmm. to their respective brands like it's 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 fun um yeah i mean i, I hope they do this again I, I think there is real potential for this to become the indie and you know sort of non-major fed wrestlemania or Starcade or whatever I hope you want to call they, it. I hope they give it time. I I don't want one of these every quarter. No, 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 no. You know, I, I want don't... this once a year. Mm-hmm. And next time, get more of the companies to put their titles on the line. Not because you need that, because the show shows you really don't. But just because I think that that gives you better stories prepackaged. Yeah, I I want. I don't want to change this because it is this beautiful lightning in a bottle. So I, I'm yeah. not going to sit here and be like, oh, I want this out of it. I want this out of it. So I'm going to stop myself before I get going. I just want this to continue to get to be a thing. I am like weirdly proud of everyone involved. <laughs> like, I I don't know. It's it's cool. I'm trying to think of what this looks like in another medium. Like, <sighs> like it can only happen in this weird bastard it, art it's 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 a flawed metaphor but it's almost like like the first year of image comics that's that's exactly what i was thinking it, it, it's it not, is it's not perfect but I, I think that that feeling people who broke off from major companies and um, went to put themselves over a bunch yeah and <laughs> oh man it's actually a better metaphor than I thought. yeah it's actually pretty apt it's pretty um, apt yeah and but i mean and i mean that in all the best ways possible like like this is people who quit companies because they weren't you know being utilized the right way or avoided companies because they wouldn't be used the right way going out there doing it for themselves 
and saying, look, we can, we can do this. And, you know, they put on a show that is of a WWE caliber pay-per-view. You can't say this wasn't. And, and there are people who are trying to say that. And, like, I don't know what you watched, but th- this was My... better than, like, half the pay-per-views WWE put on this year. I, I don't want to get too into the reaction because that's like its own show. Uh, but people being like, oh, well, if only they could do it three times a week and sell out such and such. I'm like, that's not what this was. That's no, not what this ever was. And it's, yeah, and it's not meant to be that. But it's it's just one of those things where it's, it's hard not to look at it and go, man, like, they did it. And it could be. Yeah, they did it. It could be something if they do it the right way, and I just hope that they they have the wherewithal to do it the right way and not just buy into the easy thing, which is pump one of these out a quarter, you know, people with fifteen championships all over their body, and you know, more of that shit. Make it special. I don't, yeah, and I I think they will continue to do that because these guys have somehow never taken the easy way out. No. And plus, they, they have actually intentionally made it harder for themselves many times. Yeah, and again, I mean, this this is... It, how crazy is this? This is a independent pay-per-view whose storylines majorly came from an internet web series about wrestlers in Japan. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of dudes bored in a hotel room. Yeah. With and, a camera, and it turned into this. It turned like, into this. a year later? I think year and a half. Yeah, I think really the seeds of this are are a little bit over a year ago. But yeah, I mean it really. Uh, this came together a lot faster than I think any. It, it kind of snuck up on us. I didn't realize it was like slated for September first until like two weeks ago. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll have to like mark time out. Well, I think I think uh, to follow suit, we got to take it home. Uh, so Brian, where can everybody find you online? Uh. You can find me at Prax Jarvin on most things. Uh, and you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at CM Rolling. That's C-M-R-O-H-L-I-N-G. Uh, you can also hear me on Well-Worn Grooves, my music podcast, which is making a triumphant return, hopefully Woo. any day now, um, where we're going to be doing a super deep dive into Robin's body talk as our big return uh, to form. So I'm very excited about that coming out. I also did a short guest spot on um, The Math of You, uh, which I've been on before. Lucas Brown's really amazing podcast about formative media. And uh, it won't be soon, but I'll tease it. I actually did a uh, fiction podcast um, that I have no idea when it's coming out because their their production process has a bit of a long tail. Um, but I will be I will be on the Pinot Noir uh, podcast, um, not on their next batch episodes, but the one after that, I think, um, which is a podcast that my girlfriend uh, is one of the writers of. And uh, it is a noir pastiche parody where everyone who records a character is very drunk. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I get to play Captain Jason Waterfalls um so get psyched i will i will make sure to i will make sure to put that out when it goes live because i think it's a hoot oh brother we're gonna put that over (laughs) and on uh on that note um i i haven't looked forward to what the next big show is because like it will just come to me like a like a message in a bottle oh 
Oh, uh, did you not see the poster of Braun Strowman as a demon and, and Roman Reigns as the literal fucking devil? For hell no. No. On that note, listeners, we'll leave you while I go show Chris this nightmare yeah, of a poster. Thank, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed our coverage of All In. Uh, I can't wait for whatever comes out of this. Thank you to each and every one of you for leaving it all in the ring with us. We'll see you next time. Take it easy, everybody. Fact or fiction, dead or alive. I said I'll be Tony Cascarino.